to the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace podcast. We're so excited that you can be with us. We're going to be talking about what God is doing in the marketplace. And now, our host, Patrice Seguet. Welcome to the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace podcast. I'm Patrice Seguet. And here today with me on the podcast is two good friends. I've known them for about two to three years now, and they've come to be dearly beloved by us and by the name of our project, Tom and Pam Wolf. Uh, you guys may know them from Identity in Destiny. They also have several businesses, So, but what they're known for mostly is this work that, by the way, uh, this episode is going to be in two parts, and then the second part, we're going to make it a great announcement as to something's coming up that you don't want to miss. So you want to stay tuned with us, not just on this first podcast, but also on the second one. So Tom and Penn, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thanks so much. Good to be here. Well, people know you both as the authors and the uh, founders of Identity and Destiny, but you're more than that. So before we go to the past, could you kind of, instead of me reading a bio on you guys, I thought it'd be good for you guys to share kind of what you guys do be outside of Identity and Destiny. Who is Tom and Pam Wolf? I mean, talk about the companies you do, because you guys have a few of them, and also talk a bit about uh, your family, and then we're going to kind of go back to the beginning of your journey. Is that okay with you guys? Sure. So, Identity and Destiny, tell our audience a bit about what else you guys do. Pam, go ahead, ladies before gentlemen. (laughs) Well, I thought maybe I'd take the family part, and you could take the business part, so. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Well, just in a, a, from a global perspective, uh, kind of looking at who Tom and I are from a business and careers perspective, we are what we call serial entrepreneurs. Between the two of us, we've built and managed and uh, in various cases sold eight businesses between the two of us. We both were in business in our early 20s and we're still going. And I guess God's just wired us that way and that's what we do. Along the way, we are blessed to have married. Uh, Tom has one daughter. Uh, I have a son and a daughter. They are now adults. Uh, We blended that family as only God can do. And um, we now have seven amazing, beautiful, brilliant um, grandchildren. I'm sure everybody thinks that about their grandchildren, but uh, I just had to get a word in for all those sweet babies of mine. So that's who we are on a personal side. We have our grandchildren and children are in three states. Uh, one is here in Florida with us, one in Alabama, and one in Pennsylvania. So part of our life is frequent flyer miles and going to see family and going to see our grandchildren. And in every opportunity we get to try and pour the love of Jesus into their lives. Wow. Amen. Pam, um, I hear that there's nothing like grandparenting. Is that true? Um, it is absolutely right. true. As Tom says, it's we when we're around our grandchildren, they think we hung the moon. I mean, <laughs> you can do no wrong. And there's like no place in the world you can go where they just hang on every word and think you know everything. It's um, it is fabulous. <laughs> All like those kids who didn't think much, you know, until they got older, right? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Exactly. 
What's and up? it's so much fun to be the grandparent because you get to spoil them and play with them. And then you give them back to the parents who have all the responsibility for how they actually turn out. So. I love it. I, love, I can't wait. But I have time. My oldest is 16. So actually, she right. just turned 17 this month, actually. Next week, she turned 17. Wow. Awesome. Well, Tom, okay. tell us about the business part. I mean, what else do you guys do other than Identity and Destiny? Well, uh, right now we have a business coaching business. And we coach people one-on-one. We coach uh, groups. Uh, We have some education and training programs. Pam has a group called Christian Women of Influence. Uh, Then we have a group called Biz Builder, which is focused on uh, businesses, usually a million dollars or less, uh, five, six employees or less. And we really love working with those people and helping move them to the next level. So that's uh, where we spend a lot or most of our time now. But in the past, Pam, uh, she had the pest control business that she built over many years to the equivalent of around $20 million in today's dollars. And then she sold that. And then she developed a uh, business brokering business over many years, which was very successful. I, uh, my first business was a computer staffing business and, uh, I built that up over a 20 year period, uh, sold it when it was doing the equivalent of about 20 million. Also, I then went into a franchise business where we helped individuals who were thinking about being in business for themselves, find the business that was right for them. It was mostly dealing with franchises. And then I had 10 great clips hair salons in the Tampa Bay area. So we were doing three and a half million dollars in $10, no appointment, walk-in haircuts. And it was a lot of, a lot of heads to get to three and a half million dollars and a lot of headaches that went with those heads. So we sold all those businesses and I'd like to say we both made every mistake twice So the value we can bring to these young business people now is we can help them avoid some of those potholes along the road of business growth. I love it. That's what we've done in the past, and that's what we're doing today. So, I mean, a lot of what you guys teach and do is really based on personal experience, not just book knowledge. Correct. Absolutely. Although we both read a lot, I read about 25 books a year, and Pam reads probably close to that also. And that's uh, that's the lifelong learning that we think we need to do to stay on top of things as well as to help these other business people who are worried about doing the day-to-day don't have the time to read. So I love it. I love continuous it. Continuous improvement. Now, I know that people may be listening and saying, two entrepreneurs married. That must be a nightmare. So let's talk about how you guys met. And I want to get into the dynamics of two entrepreneurs marrying each other. So first, how'd you guys meet? Uh, Pam, you could tell that story. You do a better job than I do. Okay. Um, actually, uh, I had sold my business, uh, the pest control business, and I had my business brokering firm that I was beginning to build. At the same time that I was doing that, I became a chairman of a group called Vistage. It's a CEO roundtable. It's secular in nature. But um, it's still out there going strong. And one thing I did as part of my business was to coach 12 entrepreneurial business owners in a kind of a CEO roundtable group format. 
And I had been divorced for quite some time and um, was running my business, single parenting. And I got a phone call from the headquarters in Jacksonville. And they said, there's a, a gentleman who's moving in from Philadelphia and he is interested in joining your group. So we met and Tom and I knew it was, it truly was one of those love at first sight, only we knew we were supposed to be having a professional conversation. And so we both acted like there was nothing going on. <laughs> um, even though we knew there was like some chemistry going on there. And I mean, I had endeavored my whole life to never mix personal and business and been very cautious and careful about that. So it was a little unnerving for me, but I was like, there, this, I'm really liking this guy, you know? <laughs> We do our follow-up meeting and I'm trying to keep my professional hat on and I'm going through the sales conversation of in, inviting him to be a member of the group. Tom finally looks at me and he says, look, if I have to make a decision between being in this group or dating you, I'd just rather date you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so anyway, um, that's kind of where it all started. And uh, God has just really blessed us. But, you know, one of the things that we loved so much about each other was that we did both love the business world and we had that in common. And, um, you know, some people say, don't talk about work at home. You've got to kind of separate that. Well, just as we feel like with our walk with the Lord, we don't separate the secular from the sacred. We also don't separate who we are as business people from who we are as life partners because we love the feedback and the ideas and the creativity that comes from that. So working together as partners in a business is a different question. Now, how two entrepreneurs could love being married is kind of where I've gone. But I think from the standpoint of how do, how do two strong-willed, entrepreneurial, decision-making, I'm in charge kind of people figure out how to get along. And the first thing is I had to learn the proper order of authority in a marriage. And God kind of took me kicking and screaming through that. We could do a whole podcast on that one day if you'd like. We will. <laughs> because it's a whole story unto itself. You you do the couples coaching. You understand the dynamics and all those things. That's why I want to bring you back for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I uh, it was a journey that the Lord had to take me through. But um, it really is understanding your strengths, how God's wired you, dividing those responsibilities and respecting each other in the process. And ultimately, as God has designed it for Tom and I, normally we can come to compromise. Normally we can agree um, there is unity in our decision making process. But if there comes a point where we have to make a decision and we can't come to agreement, I have come to believe and know and experience that if I will submit to my husband's authority, that God will always bless that. Wow. I love it. And we'll talk more about that. So now your husband is pretty blunt. I mean, I've never known Tom not to, you know what Tom is thinking. He's pretty blunt. He doesn't mix words. And he, just like Tom, typical Tom, he's, he says that to you. So what was going through your mind when you heard him say that? That he just wanted to date me? Yeah, when he made that statement, I'd rather date you than be in this group. I was floored. <laughs> I, I didn't quite know what to do, but I, I actually, I guess I just honestly had to say in that moment, I've been kind of feeling the same way, and this has just really been awkward, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, Tom, what made it about the interaction where you guys just said there was something here? And at which point, it seems like it started from the first time you both met. Yeah, it did. Uh, I think that, uh, well, I'm a big uh, 
believer and trained and certified in the disc, and I know that opposites attract. And uh, while our discs aren't necessarily opposites, uh, we are opposites in a lot of different ways. I always say to Pam, you know, it takes her a paragraph to say what it, I say in one sentence. And uh, I'm pure logic and analysis and Pam's all emotion. So in that sense, we were opposites and we were attracted to each other. It was just uh, part of what the whole system works. But Pam, why don't you tell them about, what was it, our second date where I gave you the disc profile? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I want to really, make sure I wasn't wasting my time and what was I working with here? I love so. it. Yeah, he, he, he's very analytical and we sat down. He actually took me to a, a restaurant in town that's known to be very romantic. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is very nice. And I sit down and it's kind of candlelit and all that. And he pulls his briefcase up on the seat. At next, He's on a bench seat and he pulls it up and he pulls out a piece of paper and he hands it to me. And I thought, is this an interview or is this a date? You know, <laughs> I love so, it. So anyway, he wanted me to do the disc profile so he can understand my behavioral style and my personality. And in fact, um, that's one of the first profiles that we use in identity and destiny because it is so powerfully informative. But I had never seen it. And I just I thought I was being grilled. <laughs> <laughs> I love it now. Guys, I want you guys to do something for me. A, a lot of people are listening to this. They're not married. Um, and, and and at that point, you guys were not Christians, right? We were right. not. Exactly. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But but right now, for some reason, I find that a lot of Christian singles struggle to join in a relationship. There's this weirdness that happens. When you're not Christian, you know exactly what the rules of engagement are. When you're Christian, it's something that gets weird. Could you give an advice right now to working professionals who are believers, who are listening, entrepreneurs, about what what tips would you give them as to how to be, I guess, you know, how to walk in wisdom in in this process and how the Lord orchestrated for you guys without realizing it? What kind of key thing would you like to say to them right now as their desire to find a Tom or find a Pam? Mm. Mm. Well... Um, I would say that they need to spend a little time and study DISC if you want to know the truth, mm. simply because I, I think that understanding yourself and understanding how you come across to other people, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what your style is, you got to know yourself before you can be effective with other people. Amen. So, and I think some of the uh, dating sites actually use the DISC or modifications of it. By knowing that, and being able to then identify the other person, you can appreciate them. And you understand how God wired each one of us differently. And then you can accept and appreciate another human being based on their wiring and their skill sets. And you have a respect and an understanding for the way another person thinks and acts and appreciates as opposed to just going with an emotional judgment. So, so I think that that would be something that could be very beneficial in the way of uh, relationship development, especially in the early stages. What do you think, Pam? Um, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think that's been tremendously helpful in knowing yourself, but then also knowing the personality styles and communications, particularly the communication styles of people who aren't wired and designed like you so that you can have compassion and respect mm -hmm. 
mm. um, and be able to understand how to communicate in a way that that works for them, not just for you. I also think that one of the things that t- you and I both had done, Tom, is that we had been married and divorced before. Um, we were pretty clear on what our vision was for ourselves and for a partner in marriage. We were pretty clear on where our boundaries and what our priorities were. And I think as you're evaluating a relationship, you know, don't compromise those things. Mm. And and particularly as a Christian, we have the leading of the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and discernment about that. Um, Because not only is it, I think, dangerous to be unevenly yoked um, from the standpoint of are they believers or not believers, but you can be unevenly yoked in a lot of other ways that can lead to a lot of problems in a marriage. And I think I think being able to know yourself, but then also be clear about what's important to you and be able to communicate that and have those conversations before you get too far down the road in the relationship is really important because of our past and because of the damage that was done to our hearts through through divorce. um, We both had gone through counseling. We both had done a lot of work on ourselves to get as emotionally healthy as we could get. And I think um, if there's baggage, as we like to call it, that you're dragging along with you because of hurts, hangups, and habits over a lifetime, I think you have to do work on those things so that you can be the best version of you as you go into a marriage. I love it. You know, one of the things that we talk about in couples and business is that though God hates divorce, that Mm -hmm. he's able to, if we divorce, he's able to engraft us with another. And, mm. and that healing process that occurs in that journey. So you guys experienced it. I will have to guys come back on our couples and business series so we can just deal with that. Because a lot of people who are divorced, who have not been able to overcome, to f- who struggle with the condemnation of it, and as well cannot enjoy a, a, a second chance. When the Bible said there is no condemnation for, for those who are in Christ Jesus, or who carry the baggages to the next marriage, um, <laughs> which creates hurt as well. Um, again, we're yeah. talking to Pam and Tom Wolf. Uh, they're the authors of Identity in Destiny. And what we're dealing with really is certainly the foundation for this big announcement we're going to make as we deal with this topic of spiritual warfare and uh, how our identity is to overcoming spiritual warfare. Before I introduce that, Pam and Tom, you guys weren't believers when you first met. And then so that changed in your journey. So at which point did that change and how did it happen? Tom, I'll let you go first. Hmm. Well, um, I was raised Catholic and uh, went to Catholic uh, undergraduate school, high school, college, was turned off by religion. But I knew a lot about Christianity and knew a lot about Catholicism. But had walked away from it and uh, Pam was basically not raised uh, with any kind of religious background whatsoever other than being dropped off at church for Christmas and Easter, which is mm. what I guess her, her parents thought she was supposed to do. So uh, there wasn't much of uh, Jesus between us or anything like that. Uh, Pam started, we moved into a neighborhood where they had uh, Bible studies and Pam got invited to go to a women's Bible study and uh, she started going to it and through a series of events then uh, 
basically learned what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus and prayed for that personal relationship. Um, she came to me and started talking about the Bible, and my response was, yeah, heard that, yeah, knew that, yeah, what's the big deal? I didn't know what a personal relationship with Jesus was until we went to a seminar one time and uh, I had read a book or two, which gave me some different perspectives on a relationship with Jesus, mm. different than what I had learned from Catholicism. Mm. And that's when I accepted Jesus. And once we did that, then, uh, you know, our relationship changed because we had Jesus that we were focused on more than just ourselves. Wow. And uh, it really kind of took us in a whole big different direction. So that's kind of how the whole thing came about. We Neither one of us, uh, you know, for years really were involved in it. And I was turned off by religion so much that I didn't even want to hear anything about it. So, so Pam, do you have anything to add to that? Was it, was it tough for you when you first came to the Lord and, and your husband? Did you know that Tom was this turn about religion? Yeah, as I had begun to, we had been married um, about five years before I came to know the Lord. We had done the struggle of blending a family and trying to do this marriage, you know, with all the headaches that come along with that. Um, even when it's working well, you know, marriage, you have to work on your marriage. And we, although we had done a lot of work on ourselves, we were carrying more baggage in than we realized still. We're trying to do it the world's way. You know, we we did not have the wisdom of God to help us make good decisions, um, to work with each other and to put him at the center of our marriage rather than our individual needs. So as I was going through the Bible study and beginning to be drawn by the Lord through the power of his word, um, I would come home and talk to Tom and he he knew so much about the Bible that he'd say, well, what'd they say about this and what'd they say about that? And I finally got to the point where I said, you know what? I don't know, but what I do know at this point is every answer that I need for life is in this book. And I held my Bible up to him. And I'm like, I, I don't know where those things are, but there's two women. And I, I didn't know this word then who were discipling me. I didn't know that that's what they were doing, but that's what they were doing, discipling me. And I was like, if I didn't know where it was, I was like, wait a minute. And one of them's name was Grace, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> It proved to me that God had a sense of humor right from the very beginning because he knew I needed grace. And um, he gave me a real flesh on grace and, to disciple me. And I would call her and say, where is it in the Bible that it says whatever it was? And she'd point me right to it. So, you know, I was just being so drawn by the Lord. And so the power of the word was just so active that um, I couldn't resist it and he became more curious, I think, as a result of that. And as only God can do, the story that Tom related to you from the day of my salvation to the day of his was less than 30 days. Oh, my goodness. That is powerful. And that is a miracle. That is a miracle. I'm still praying with friends who are still in a position where they are praying for the salvation of their spouse. And it has been years. And um, but, you know, from the very beginning, when Tom and I were saved, we both knew that God had not saved us for, just for our good pleasure, that there was a purpose. And we became very intent on figuring out what that was. 
Wow. We're going to stop there because on our next show, we're going to talk about what that purpose is because you guys not only discover it, but you really have walked in it and lives have been changed as a result. So as we wrap up here, before we do our second episode, you guys will be at Nehemiah Week. I want to invite you guys uh, who are listening to us. Tom and Penn will be at Nehemiah Week. Uh, they'll be our speakers. They're actually co-teaching with me the, the opening sessions. Uh, and we're going to make an amazing announcement on Nehemiah Week. You want to join us, but you know we're going to make it first here on the next show. You want to listen to it. Tom and Pam, so our listeners are listening right now. This year we're dealing with spiritual warfare as a topic for Nehemiah Week. We want to encourage them to join, come see you. But why would you encourage them to come and be a part of the discussion around spiritual warfare? Uh, why do you believe it's an important topic in the marketplace today? Uh, let's start with you, Pam, and then Tom, uh, You can close. we can close with you. Well, I think that uh, there's more ministry being done in the marketplace than any place in the world today. And I think um, when uh, the kingdom advances, um, we have an enemy who is real and is looking for every way he can to, to shut us down. One of the ways that he does that is through, as you mentioned, Patrice, through condemnation. And condemnation is one of the ways that he steals our identity, our mm-hmm. identity in Christ but also causes us to think things like, I'm not good enough. What about my past? How could God use me? I'm a nobody. What do I have to offer? Those kind of things are things that we need to stand against. Knowing who you are in Christ, knowing how God has wired and designed you, knowing your identity is actually a spiritual weapon. It gives you power. I love it. Tom? Personally, I think that uh, we as Christians have a reprieve here for the next three years with Trump being president. But if he's not reelected, I think that the world led by Satan is going to come down on us with a hammer like we've never seen before. I think we are just kind of putting a finger in the dike, but that finger... And that hole was going to get real big after this reprieve. And I think that uh, we need to be prepared to deal with that down the road. We're going to see abuse and criticism and discrimination and tactics that we've, we haven't seen before. So I think we need to be prepared for that. Wow. Wow. Amen. Pam and Tom Wolf, the authors and founders of Identity and Destiny. Uh, they'll be with us again in the next episode. You want to check in next week because we're going to talk about exactly what is identity and destiny and how did it come to be? And more important than that, this great announcement we're going to make to you. And then, of course, how does that arm you to overcome spiritual warfare? Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. I was inspired by their story. I was inspired by uh, how the Lord brought them to himself. And I was mostly inspired by the innocence by which they came together. And so if you'll be inspired by that, I pray for you is this. Well, before I pray for you, you want to subscribe to this podcast by visiting our website, nehemiahproject.org. There you can also get great resources on helping you in your business and life journey. As well, you can also learn how to join us at Nehemiah Week this year if you want to register October 16th through 21st, uh, Nehemiah Week in Orlando. Here's my prayer for you. May God give you the grace and favor to build that kingdom company so that one day you can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. God bless you.
Thank you for being with us today. We're glad you could join us. If you'd like more information or other resources, please visit our website, www.nehemiahproject.org. God bless.